firstly with Maddie. Um, Maddie, what's some of the, the detail behind the headlines here of our record farm price run? Yeah, it certainly is one of the most talked about topics at the moment, isn't it? So with Australian agricultural production doing incredibly well at the moment, really bucking that COVID trend, our commodity prices looking at really historically strong levels for almost every commodity. Basically, everyone at the kitchen table is talking about how high can farm prices go and how high is too high. Um, so in this edition, we've had a bit of a closer look at what those official statistics say um, has been happening to property values, what's driving it. And then we actually go on to have a look at what might that actually mean if Australian agricultural production gets to that magical $100 billion mark and what does that mean for farm values because we would expect them to move somewhat hand in hand. So looking at those official figures, those ones come from the Australian Bureau of Statistics and they're um, actually a compilation of um, each individual state's value of general figures. So they're the figures used for rates and, um, and those sort of things. So they could vary from state to state. We'll put that little uh, rider on it. Those, those figures have shown that Australia's rural land value is actually appreciated by over 30% um, in the last three years to June 2020 alone. And anecdotally, of course, that trend um, has very much continued in that last financial year. So there are a number of factors which are clearly driving that increase in farm values. The first one um, and most obvious one um, is interest rates and very, very low interest rates and interest rates um, move have moved very closely with rural land values and debt levels. So that's obviously a very strong factor driving farm values, but also commodity prices, profit levels, the drive towards farm consolidation, and also um, a relatively low number of farms actually available for sale. And that's obviously also a factor of strong commodity prices and good profit levels. So one of those sort of X factors in the market does appear to be the FOMO factor or the fear of missing out. Um, a lot of um, a, a lot of those sales that people are a little aghast at appear, and again anecdotally, to be um, coming out of neighbours desperate to snap up uh, properties that they don't think are going to come up on the market again. I mean, I, I know in my area that most sales are actually happening after long talks with farmers who've had um, properties for years and years and years. Um, and they were asked 10 years ago if they want to sell and they've only now just decided that they want to sell. So it's that sort of thing um, that's driving driving those really those higher values um, when properties actually do go up in the market. Um, so when we start looking at those factors, it's not really surprising that there's a little bit of nervousness about in the industries that those values are, and I'll put these in, in air quotes, um, out of control. So if we compare land values with commodity prices, with profit levels, historically they've always moved really uh, closely and in tandem. But that sort of broke around 2016 um, pre-drought um, when land values broke away from commodity prices and profits. Um, so and that and really that break between commodity prices and profits has been the thing which has made a lot of the in, in the industry sort of scratch their head and say, well, is is this land value increase sustainable? Is it right? Um, and is it something that we can expect a correction for later down the track? And yeah, you have to say that they, that that looking at those figures alone, you might tend to think that there might be an element of, a, of, of overvaluation happening as such. But if you take a step back and look at rural land values compared to other property-based assets across uh, Australia, that, that um, it puts rural land in a really very, uh, very different light. So in recent years, 
rural land value growth has actually outperformed residential property growth by about an average of about 3% each year. Now, that comes from a very low base for rural land, but it does also include drought years. So until about the mid-2000s, residential, commercial and rural property had all shown fairly fairly similar growth rates, so none had, had jumped away from each other. But, however, around about so 2010-ish, and these are rough, rough years, um, residential and commercial pro- property both jumped away markedly from rural property values. So if we think about that, we can then actually start looking at the, the growth in farm values as an element of catch-up, as maybe external investors, people who aren't necessarily in the agricultural industry, uh, start looking at agricultural land as a good investment for the long term, and they're starting to actually start to catch up to those commercial properties and those those residential properties. So, with all of that in mind, we start looking at uh, what what would it mean for the Australian for Australian farm values if we get to 2030 and we reach that hundred billion dollar target that everyone's talking about. So. That long-term relationship between agricultural output and land and land values actually suggests that we might that if we reach that hundred billion dollar level, um, the Australian total value of Australian agricultural land may reach almost four hundred ninety billion. So that's almost a thirty percent increase on today today's values by twenty thirty. So, in general, while everyone uh, is generally happy about farm values, it gives us more. In our in our in our wealth, it gives us more to our bottom line. It does actually come with some other impacts in in, in the way that it makes it difficult for new farmers to enter the market. It makes it difficult to expand unless you have a really solid bottom line going ahead. So, whilst every, while people are, uh, as I said, generally happy about those values, it's also worth looking at the the flip side of what that might mean by 2030. Maddie, when you look at um these charts that people will see as they read the publication. They'll also see quite a close association between rural bank debt and rural property value. And we typically sort of have this market running at sort of 25% of debt against the value of land. Uh, We saw a really steep increase in debt uh, between 03 and 010 where the debt market pretty much doubled. And we're seeing another sharp increase from that sort of 2016-17 period to now, um, following those land values. And I guess one of the things that will be on people's mind is, are we um, still a really healthy sector carrying $87 billion of debt, you know, compared to 30 or $40 billion um, worth of debt uh, 15 years ago? And mm-hmm. I guess an important bit that goes with that is the cost of the debt and uh, significantly lower from that time. Um, So at an operating level, we're seeing profitability. We're seeing strong commodity prices supporting that as well and growing value of output outside of the the drought. But I mean, I I guess it it says to me that um, there's probably through consolidation an element of farming that owes a lot of this debt that's going really well. Um, but carrying that debt into future years means that we're perhaps more exposed to financial costs if the interest rates rise. Um, the golden question, I suppose, is how quickly rates might rise and how far, and what can people do in the meantime to mitigate that 
and one of the answers is to repay debt. Um, but it seems to keep growing uh, in relation to the value of property, which makes it hard for people to determine is now still the right time to be buying. Yeah, absolutely. Well, I won't. I'll leave the speculation on interest rates up to Adelaide. That's her bailiwick, obviously. But um, I think the thing to note is that it's it, it, we're talking about growth rates in land values as opposed to absolute values because it is. Uh, I haven't seen it in the data actually that we've ever seen an absolute decline in the value of farmland. So um, whilst the growth growth mightn't be as high if, in, if interest rates increase, um, I find it very unlikely that we're going to have an across the board decline in value in, in, in rural land value. So um, in, in that respect, yes, farmers of course will have to look to how they repay and it should be a normal part of their their forward planning to look to how they repay that debt, those debt levels. Um, but there is a certain certain element um, of not security, I wouldn't say security, but surety that comes with having land values at this level and bank debt, which is as a percentage of land values, is it, is it really historically fairly decent levels? Yeah, look, I think the health feels really strong still from where I'm sitting. Um, and it will be individual choices that drive these things. And if people make good decisions for their businesses, um, things will generally hold on really quite well. So we look forward to that. And by the way, I don't think I've ever seen the rural uh, debt market go down in a single year. <laughs> I'd have to check that, but maybe stabilised at, at worse, I reckon. But um, yeah. anyway, there's a lot of good use for, for um, cheapish money right now, it would seem. Just a matter of watching your own individual circumstances, I think.